Indie Mixtape is a project of Uppercut, which is entirely funded by our audience. If you'd like to help us keep making the show, as well as put up great written content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash uppercutcrit. For as little as $2 a month, you can get this show early without these ad reads, and if you do a little bit higher at the $7 or above tiers, you'll get your name read out in our shoutouts, just like these folks. So, huge, huge thanks to our $7 and above patrons. We literally could not do this without you. So, big ol' thank yous to Mars, Slime Hunter, Boo It's Natalie, Christopher Franklin, Jay Holmes, Thomas Lewis, Chris Lawrence, Justin, Third Avenue Anti-Capitalist, TVS Kian, Katie Mayer, Dale, Chris Edgerton, Jesse Videlli, seven, Adept 7777, Lucas Lyon, Adrian A. Rock Williams, Matt Flowers, Andrew Sherman, Colton Crow, Jesse Peterson, Jared Shu, Cam Koenig, and Quentin Hoffman. We could not do this without you. I know I already said that, but thank you all so much. And if you want to help us do this, check it out so you can get your name read too. Bye. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Indie Mixtape. My name is Ty, and I am joined not by my lovely co-host, but by one of my new rotating co-hosts, Emma. Hi, Emma. How's it going? It's going well. Hi, I'm Emma. I use any pronouns, and I'm here to talk about video games. Hell yeah. Uppercut uh, stands might recognize Emma from uh, the letter series last year where they wrote about the one who pulls the sword will be king something along that line is the title. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. I, I, I got it wrong so many times while I, I was writing the article. I like had to search and replace at the end of writing it to make sure it was right everywhere. I also just like I love the letter series, but I cannot overstate how much brain damage it gives me. It's just, yeah, I can imagine. It's just, especially because like this past year, it was like me and Monty alone doing it. So it's just like me being like in the editing minds, like kind of blacking out past a certain point. But yeah, but we're not here to talk about my editing process. We're here to talk about Oxenfree 2, which is technically kind of cheating on indies because it was made by Netflix, but also shut up. Oh yeah, I forgot that they're like affiliated <laughs> with Netflix now. Yeah, they got they got I don't even know when they got bought cuz I don't think the first Oxen Free was them. But yeah. I And I'm not sure if After Party was and I'm not going to google it. Fuck you. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I love to know things. I do too, but I just uh, uh, I get on podcasts, I get real combative. I don't know why. Fair. I don't know what that's about. So we're going to talk about Oxenfree 2, which is from Night School. I guess the basic kind of premise for it is that you are playing a lady named Riley, who is going to do a job hiking around, placing transmitters to help research weird radio frequencies on the island that's next to the, or I guess the mainland of the island from the first Oxenfree. Yeah. And then so they got bought out in 2021. Oh, so literally like two years ago. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. 
So there's like a greater than zero chance that this was already in progress. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. That also means that After Party wouldn't have been because I saw After Party at PAX in 2019 and it came out like the next year. So, okay. But anyway, yeah. So, so we have Riley uh, coming to, I believe the place is called Kamina, right? Is the town or whatever. And yeah, you have to hike around while you talk to this lady over the radio named Evelyn, who is not as helpful as I would like for her to be a lot of the time. And then you also meet a dude who Riley went to high school with named Jacob, who's kind of the equivalent of the brother or the stepbrother in Oxenfree in terms of like your kind of scruffy dude who you're walking around with. Yeah. That does seem to be the the Oxenfree MO is like a girl and a real scruffy dude walk around an island area. Yep, and both of them are going through it in such different ways. Yeah, it's truly, like, I wrote in my review, but, like, if Oxenfree is about, like, being a teenager and trying to deal with, like, trauma and loss and, like, how the past impacts the present, then Oxenfree 2 is very much a story about, like, being an adult and all of the ways that that shit sucks and how it can, like, back you into so many fucked up corners and how you still have to do it because you're an adult. Yeah. And IMO, that rules. Yeah, it's very well done. I always wonder with sequels, like, how it is going to grow and evolve compared to the original. And I like that it essentially aged up with its player base. Yes, I totally agree. I feel like it, to me, demonstrated a lot of, like, night school growing as a studio and, like, yeah, kind of refining what they do. Because, like, I I know a lot of people really, really loved the first Oxenfree. I was kind of, like, mid on it. Like, I didn't think it was bad, but I wasn't like, whoa, like a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. And then I really, really liked After Party, which a lot of people did not care for as much. Um, and I liked it because of its themes of, you know, like, growing up and, like, dealing with addiction and, like, dealing with loved ones who are dealing with addiction and, like, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so, I don't know. I am enjoying the tone of where Oxenfree and, like, where Night School are going. I guess that's not true for everybody, but I'm into it. How are you, how are you feeling about it, Emma? I like it. I think it had its flaws in areas, but I like what they're doing and I want to see more from them, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I like I don't know what I don't know what I want to see next, but I think that's a good thing almost. Like I just want to see what they do. I think I don't want an oxen free three, although I said I didn't want an oxen free two and I actually liked it better than the first one, so what the fuck do I know at this point? But yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think they've left it with the potential for there to be an Oxen Free 3 if they ever want to come back to it. Oxen 3. <laughs> Oxen 3, yeah. <laughs> but I also think that you're right. Like, they've wrapped up the storyline and not every mystery needs to be solved or every problem needs to be resolved. But I can get also wanting to like leave one of your more well-known properties open-ended in case you do decide to come back to it or to set something else in the same world but not next necessarily the same 
connected storyline. In case Bob Netflix comes down and says, mm, give me Oxen 3. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because I think the setting's really compelling, and I love the animation style and the speed with which you have to respond to everything. Yeah, being entirely honest, I feel like a lot of what got people about the first Oxen Free was, like, the overall vibe and the, like, aesthetic look of it. Because mm-hmm. it is very impactful. I feel like it has kind of a similar thing as, like, the first Bioshock, where it's like, when you really look at it, I'm not- Oxen Free is better than the first Bioshock. Let me just be deeply, deeply clear about that. Oxen Free 1 is better than the first Bioshock, narratively. But they both, I feel like, have this, like- cool setting with this like vaguely interesting premise and i feel like that does a lot of the heavy lifting and then you're like oh man these teens are really fucking going through it and there's ghosts shit <laughs> damn yeah that's an it. experience a video game and i'm like i mean yeah it's it do be a video game yeah it do be a video game i feel like i had this issue with oxen free the first as well where you get like maybe two-thirds of the way through the game, and then it kind of hits you that it doesn't really matter what controls you're doing. It can all be guesswork and hidden buttons. And every puzzle you're trying to solve will get solved inevitably by accident. Yeah, also, the like, I will say Oxenfree 2 has, like, very similar gameplay in terms of, like, you're walking around, you're doing platforming, and then you're solving, like, either radio frequency puzzles or, like, these weird geometric shape wave puzzle things Mm -hmm. and those suck ass those are bad yeah i would like a good puzzle just be a walking sim yeah like why do i why 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 we need puzzles or if you're gonna do puzzles they did an oxen free arg why does not put like arg style puzzles in it yeah do like an actual puzzle not a thing that's supposed to be like a mechanic to use when you're just trying to tell a story it's okay to just tell a story. Yeah, like, make me solve some damn Morse code or some shit. You got nautical ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there could definitely be Morse code. Yeah, because I know they did Morse code in the, like, ARG thing, but it right. just, I don't know. It just seems, it's definitely one of those things of, like, oh, like, I feel like Oxenfree the first came at that peak time of, like, Ugh, walking sims are dumb and bad. You have to have actual gameplay. And it's like, okay, well now games that should just be narrative games have stupid ass gameplay, so thanks. For <laughs> yep, that. That's it. One hundred percent. So yeah, I will say that is absolutely the weakest part of the game is trying to do those puzzles. But the radio to me is also the strongest part because you meet a bunch of NPCs on the radio and they're very fun. Yeah, I really liked the walkie talkie. And the fact that there's, there's like, different storylines you can follow depending on who you tune into with the walkie-talkie. Yeah. And what you overhear. And I really liked that. Yeah, I love that there are, like, people that you can miss, too, if you're, like, not messing around with it or whatever. Or, like, if you don't remember to talk with them throughout the night. Yeah, there are, like, three people that I, I never got, like, the radio signal. But then there's other moments where I'm like, wow, I followed, like, this entire over-the-walkie-talkie plotline for these other two characters and i'm really glad i did yeah i'm not gonna lie okay were you what was your vibe on evelyn i something was going on with evelyn i was so ready for her to like be revealed as the villain or a villain 
And then, because yeah. she's weird. And then I guess it just turns out that she's just weird. She's so weird. Like, sorry, spoilers for Oxenfree 2. Evelyn is just yeah, weird. She's just weird. She's not evil. She's just weird. She's got her own stuff going on. But it's also stuff where, like, I would have liked to see it. That's one of the few ones where I think communicating her storyline and affecting it over the walkie-talkie didn't work as well. It is, like, almost doing what you're doing with Nick, but in a less direct and effective way. Evelyn's thing was the one with her sister, right? Yeah. Because there was also the other ranger lady who's, like, going to check out the stuff and you can, like, tell her whether or not to stay yeah, in your- Shelly. The ghosts are like, tell Shelly to stay the fuck inside. And then you have to yeah. call Shelly and be like, the ghost said to stay inside, Shelly. You have to, as a grown, that's the ghost my, of your great granddad said, stay inside. That's my favorite part of Oxenfree 2 is that you, as a grown woman, have to call another grown woman and say, the ghost told me to, that you should stay inside. And the best part that she's like, okay, bet. <laughs> Thanks. She literally does the I guess meme. Like, she's like, <laughs> I guess, I guess I'll fucking stay in. Like, I was gonna go check out this other thing, but all right. <laughs> She's just like, today has already been so goddamn weird that this might as well happen. Well, and I mean, I guess it's like, if the opposite were true, right? If the ghosts were like, Shelly, you better get the fuck out there, girl. I don't know that that should that be as easily convinced, right? It's so much easier to do nothing as opposed to having mm-hmm. to do something. Yeah. But yeah, Oxid Free 2 is a good game. And I don't want to get too deep into it to, you know, save folks from being spoilered, but... Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a banger, IMO. And the ending is a lot. <laughs> the the ending took me 30 minutes of deliberation in the group chat. Yeah, yeah. Emma was like live boss. texting the group chat, like, what do? And all of us were like, this is what we did. And they were just like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I'll do the one that nobody else did. So we at least have the answers. <laughs> For science. Emma did, Emma did it for science. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Go play it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I will say the ending, like that last choice, is really hard. And I don't, I still don't know how I feel about it entirely narratively. But mm-hmm. yeah, if you're looking for like a quote unquote meaningful choice or like a choice that's going to really, really difficult, Oxenfree 2's ending choice is probably one of the harder ones I've seen in a video game. Aside from the ones in, like, Mass Effect that are like, do you want to genocide people? But, you know. I guess that's not a hard choice, that's an easy one. Rough. It was a rough choice, and I don't think either outcome is necessarily, like, quote-unquote, the good outcome. Well, because aren't there... There are three choices. Te- well, cause, oh, because you yeah, didn't... Yeah, there are. You I, had I two choices, but... Because mm-hmm. you made a different choice. Because I made a different choice earlier. Um. Yes, but... There's a lot of choices involved. Your choices actually do affect the storyline. Yeah, actually pretty significantly. And I love that. I hate a game that's like, here, you have choices and dialogue options, and even when they're subtly different or super different, it doesn't do anything. This is the opposite of that. The difference could be, like, one word, and it will have wildly different outcomes for the rest of your game. Yeah. uh, It is definitely impactful uh, with Mm -hmm. how you choose to talk to the other characters in this game. 
Yeah, like it's literally impossible to tell when a dialogue choice will have a big impact because they basically all do. Yeah. Butterfly effect real. Yeah, it's also definitely like a compounding of stuff for certain things. Like some of them you have to really commit to like doing specific things, Mm -hmm. which most of us did not do because we're not terrible, heartless people. Correct. (laughs) We're going to wrap Oxenfree 2 chat, but Emma, since you were the guest here, uh, what is your first game? I've forgotten because I spent all day finishing Yuppie Psycho finally, (laughs) and it took over every brain cell in my body because I played every single ending. What am I talking about today? Um, (laughs) Uh, Apparently, Yuppie Psycho. (laughs) No. No, I, 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 I back-listened. I know someone's already talked about it. Okay, good. I was going to say, we did already do it, but listen, mm-hmm. I also, I get it. The first game that I have is The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow. Ooh, this one is on my backlog list. It's really good. It's by Cloak & Dagger Games. It came out in uh, 2022. Yeah, I was going to say recently, right? Because it's... yeah. I found out about it because a friend of mine was tweeting a lot about it because she did like an analysis of it for her newsletter. So I wanted to play it before reading her newsletter and it's good. It is honestly, if it's good in some similar ways to yuppie psycho in the way it uses the sort of like older pixel style, like design interspersed with really, really detailed cutscenes. Mm-hmm. And it's genuinely kind of a harrowing game. You are uncomfy the whole time. So what's the like? What's the, like elevator pitch of it? Uh, you are an old timey woman explorer, archaeologist kind of vibe in England, and you are exploring all of England's barrows, and you get to this one that no one in the town will let you get to. Oh. Because everyone's like, mm-mm, we don't like that. What barrow? We don't have a barrow here. But, like, they definitely have a barrow there. <laughs> Asking a lot of questions, my we-don't-have-a-barrow shirt has already answered. Yeah, so it's a lot of trying to interact with the different people who live in the town, and the sort of weirdness and caginess that surrounds all of them. And everyone's vibe is off in a way that you can't tell whose vibe is supposed to be off. Oh, no. So it makes it really hard to sort of predict who is the more positive person to interact with. Because no one is fun to interact with. Oh, God. It's like it's like a, a paratopic. Is that the one with the surgery man? Uh, maybe. I don't know that one. Oh, let me Google this real quick. All of, all of the listeners are yelling at me. I'm gonna... I- my Googling came out bad. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm so the, sorry for your loss. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to go to the writing Discord, and in the meantime, I'll come back to y'all with, with that, <laughs> with whatever this was. They really might have the answer. They usually do. Someone in there normally does. But yeah, it is a lot of like exploration and interaction and... Like, there are some, in figuring, like, the order of operations for different quests to figure out what you need to get so-and-so to do X, Y, Z thing. And there's parts of it that I think are a little slow, and then I think the ending needs to breathe a little bit more. But, all in all, very fun. 
like Oxen Free, it's another game that you can bang out in like one day in a few hours if you just like sit down and do that. And I do recommend just playing it all the way through because that dread keeps building. That sounds good. Is it like is it more suspenseful or does it get like scary? It's mostly suspense, but some of it is kind of scary. <laughs> and the, a little scary. They do they do a lot of zoom ins on things where like you know when SpongeBob gets way too detailed. Yes. Imagine that, but it was already horror to start, Ugh. and that's what Hobbs Barrow does a lot. Oh god! So like you're already stressed out and on edge, and then you get that way too detailed close up on something or someone's face. That sounds like. It's unnerving. I think unnerving is the good way to describe that game. But, like, in a fun way. In an intriguing way. It's it's fun to dig around both literally and metaphorically. I'm trying to find this damn game still, and it's gonna drive me so fucking crazy. Pathologic! Oh, I do know that one. We did it. We did it, Joe. Yeah, I can, I can see some of the parallels between Pathologic and this, actually. <sighs> okay. Now that I've now that I've done that. Yeah, that's immediately when you were talking about it, that's kind of what my brain immediately went to. Except, you know, without the name, cuz I Yeah. Don't know names apparently of anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that sounds sick. I it's been on my list, but my list is ever growing. So, I understand. It just fallen to the wayside. My first game it's called Dave the Diver, and it is from a studio called Mint Rocket. The, the name does kind of say it all. You are a man named Dave, and you are a guy who used to be a diver for a while, and like a deep-sea diver, not like an Olympic diver. And you kind of like get a call from one of your friends that's like, hey, there's this weird, like, they call it the, the Great Blue Hole, I think it is, but it's like basically this like bay area that is just like a mariana trench kind of thing where it just goes down and down and down and like the landscape changes depending on the day and stuff so it's not always the same um and there's all kinds of fish from all over the world that are like able to live in this one place and so your friend is like i'm gonna open a sushi restaurant do you want to catch the fish and so you do that and so you work with this like sushi chef who named Boncho who's, like, very quiet and serious and, like, dedicated to his craft. And then Cobra is, like, the guy who gets you into the mix. And he's this, like, weird older guy who also, like, maybe is an arms dealer? Unclear. Oh. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, And, (laughs) yeah, so you do, like, a kind of restaurant management sim thing during the evening with your sushi place. And then during the day, you dive and, like, catch fish with your harpoon. Um, and then you also get like little story quests as you go that advance the game. And it's really fun. I like the diving. There are parts of it that like, as a person who like is deeply afraid of like the deep ocean, there are times when I'm doing it where I'm like, I am scaled, <laughs> even though it's not like a scary game. But yeah, it's very cool. There's all kinds of different fish and all the fish are like real and the loading screen has like fish facts. <gasps> so you can like learn about the fish. Which I think is pretty fun. It's so genuinely exciting. Yeah, I think it's pretty fun. Also, it's like pixel art and it's very cute. And like the vibes are really fun. The only thing I don't like about it really is like 
Dave is fat and like a lot of the characters in the game like talk shit about him for being fat and also like call him useless and stuff even though he's the one who's like doing everything for them and like the game kind of seems to indicate like yeah these people are being dicks but like it's a lot it's like a repeated thing that happens consistently and it does get kind of old because Dave is like really nice and cool and it's just like trying to do his thing and like help people sometimes and like you know make some sushi he just looks like a nice man i have the page pulled up on steam because steam was actually recommending it to me yeah it's i recommend it for everything aside from this because he's just like a really nice guy who like wants to help out his pals and like eat some good food and like i'm here for that but yeah people are real assholes to him uh which i don't like but other than that I, it's a really fun game. I've played like 20 hours of it or something. I think sometimes like the combat balancing is a little wonky, but also like I kind of give it a pass because I feel like combat underwater is always kind of weird. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool and good. I haven't quite finished it yet, but I'm pretty far in and I've been having a really good time with that one caveat. Um, so yeah, let's, let's do the diver. I think it's like 20 bucks. Nice. That will probably be the next game that I start playing. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. I've been playing it like after. I, lo- I love fish. I yeah. I I too as a child. I had a chi- as a child. I had a big encyclopedia of fish. Yes. And that this game kind of makes me nostalgic for that. Yeah, I I volunteered at an aquarium from 2017 to 2021. So I love fish facts. <laughs> Yeah, that's... I love to look at fish. <laughs> yeah, you look at fish, and then you can also turn the fish into delicious sushi and other dishes. Fantastic. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> I like it. Um, I I mean, I love a business sim. I love cooking games. So it has a lot, a lot of appeal for me specifically. Um, but yeah, what's your next game, Emma? Uh, my next game is Death and Taxes, which... I started a while ago and then fell off of and then just finished recently and then played again to finally do the new game plus like mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Who are you by? Sweet game. Placeholder game works. And it's a slightly older one. This one's from 2020. And you are a Grim Reaper and you've just been born to do your job, which is kill people. <laughs> and you get your it's a little desk office job. And you get your, your orders from your higher up and you, you follow your silly little commands. And sometimes people are pushing you to go against the system. And it's a fun exploration of both just like how shitty corporate desk jobs are, <laughs> but also an exploration of like almost like nihilism and the butterfly effect in a very fun way of like every decision you make, whether you're following orders or not, will affect the outcome on earth where you aren't and you're getting like your little updates through essentially Twitter each day when you start work <laughs> and the new game plus lets you keep your knowledge from the, the previous game basically. Okay. So you know more about what's happening. See, that's interesting. Cause I've, I've played this, but I played it like right when it came out. So I don't know if the new game plus was even a thing yet. And yeah, so it's been a hot minute since I've tried it, uh, but I also thought it was very fun and like I like the little the little like sticky notes you get on your papers mm-hmm. that are like 
conspiracy-ish. Also, it's kind of, it has like a little bit of papers, please energy and that you're just like, you get like paperwork and it's like a yes or no on like where they go, right? Yeah, it's a very like simple and chill game. Yeah, it's extremely simple and chill. But, like it's pretty head empty. <laughs> yeah, but then you start getting these little notes that and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Yes, you start getting your little red pages. Sometimes a cloud talks to you. You know, normal stuff for for the for the yeah, Grim Reaper. Normal stuff for your nine to five. <laughs> as as death. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a cat is your boss for a little bit. You know how it be. <laughs> Sometimes a cat is your boss. But it, it's nice. A uh, full playthrough honestly only takes like a few hours, so it's a very nice game for like. If you need a chill game, but don't really want to know what to play and don't want to get too locked into something for too long, it's nice to just kind of go through and do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. And you get funny little outfits. We love a funny little outfit. We are pro funny little outfit on this show. (laughs) It's an official stance. (laughs) Pro funny little outfit. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) Alright, sweet. Well, my other game for today is My Friendly Neighborhood, and it is uh, from John and Evan Szymanski. Um, And it is a Dread XP published joint that is basically what if you were a cable man sent to the set of Sesame Street to fix a fucked up broadcast signal... And then it turned out that the cast of Sesame Street was walking around and wanted to kill you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's a survival horror game. And it's, yeah, it's, it's what I said. You go, you're a guy named Gordon who's like a repairman. And there's like a weird signal that's being broadcast over the local news. And so you're sent to go fix it. And you get there to this hotel that you come to find out was the like, uh, filming set for this uh, children's public access show called My Friendly Neighborhood. And when you get there, like, nobody's around. It's very weird. And then you meet a sock puppet named Ricky, who does not have an arm attached to him. He is just a sock puppet that is moving himself. And he's like, nah, you don't need to go fix that. No, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. Let me get you some snacks. And then for some reason, Gordon is like, nah, I'm going to go fix this shit. So then you go explore and start finding that, like, the puppets from the show are walking around by themselves saying really, like, scary fucked up stuff in between, like, loops of normal dialogue where it'll be like, one of them will be like, like do you like to play with your friends or whatever and then it'll go or it what was one where that was an actual one from the game was like talking about colors and like sorting things into colors and then it was talking about how the puppet likes to uh use one of the other puppets because his body has so many different colors and so she's like tearing him apart and putting him into different piles based on the color of his parts Ooh. So yeah, so that's a thing. And then if the puppets, if you get close enough to them, they turn around and come at you and they run at you with like Frankenstein arms and they just fucking beat the shit out of you. Oh my God. 
It's really scary, which is why I was kind of surprised. Like, I was wondering the PR kind of marketed, like, kept like mentioning that it's like a, like a kid friendly horror game. And like, I get what they mean, I guess, because it's not gory and like, it's not super jump scary, but like, it's really fucking creepy. And, like, I don't know, I tweeted this, but, like, if I was a child playing this game, I don't know that I would, like, recover. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, like... I feel like especially as a kid, I would be scared. Yeah, even just, like, watching the trailer right now, I just have it on silently. Yeah. I'm like, if I looked at that as a kid, no, I would not. <laughs> yeah, like, I as an adult 28-year-old man was playing this with an adult 30-year-old man, and both of us were, like, shrieking when the puppets were getting us. <laughs> like, it's it's scary. Although, I will say, there it has a really cool weapon system where, like, like you know, like, any survival, sta- like, standard survival thing, you get a wrench to start, but then you start getting guns, but they're, they're not, like, real guns. Like, the first one you get shoots letters. Ooh. And so, like, you get, like, a Rolodex of the alphabet, and then it shoots, like, actual metal letters that land on the ground, and you can, like, see them. It's very cool. Okay, that's sick. Yeah, and I know that there are other, like, different uh, weapons that you get, like, as you progress further that are, like, unique like that. So that's definitely super sick. I got through, like, the initial, like, tutorial. Well, it, it doesn't really have a tutorial, but, like, the first area and then, like the first kind of boss fight um and into the second area and like the second area is kind of where i stalled out with my friend because like we could not figure out where the fuck we were supposed to go or what we were supposed to be doing which is a bummer because like up until that point like the puzzles felt pretty like readable Mm -hmm. and like you know even when it was doing kind of like resident evil bullshit it was like okay we get like what we're supposed to be doing we get like we remember where we're supposed to go all that stuff and we got to this point and that all kind of stalled out uh which was a bummer but i was enjoying it so i do want to kind of go back and see if like maybe after a break if like we can try again and and see if we can figure out what we were supposed to be doing in that section um but yeah that's kind of where i hit a roadblock with it but I was really enjoying it, and I do think that the puppets are genuinely very scary, and I like the letter gun. Nice. So yeah, that's that's my friendly neighborhood. I also, I did, for full journalistic disclosure, they did send me a little goodie bag of, like, swag, so I do have, like, a coffee mug uh, that has, like, the My Friendly Neighborhood Studios uh, logo on it, and I got some t-shirts, and I got a cool little wrench USB drive that had the game on it. So, hell yeah. There, that's my disclosure. <laughs> but yeah, it was it's a good game. It's I think maybe a little rough in spots, uh, but also maybe I'm dumb, who knows. I mean, I feel like with horror games especially, if you get stuck somewhere it's twice as bad cuz you're already stressed out. Yeah, there's also in this area, there's also like an enemy creature that is like patrolling. Yeah. So it makes it even harder to like remember where to go and like if we're like how far we're supposed to backtrack and stuff. So yeah. Not sure on that. Yeah. I mean like that was literally yesterday and today for me was picking up Yuppie Psycho after not playing it since June 2022. (laughs) 
and going, okay, I've calmed down now. We can finish the game. <laughs> Over a year later. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. It's fine. It worked. Listen, I respect it. I get it. It's just very funny. <laughs> and one day I'll finish Octopath Traveler. It's mm. fine. <laughs> that, I mean, ugh, God, that's a whole thing. That's just a whole, that's just a whole different thing. <laughs> it is. That's, that's, that's not a calming down. That's a, just a, I need to regain my stamina after playing this huge <laughs> RPG for billions of hours. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm very pro put down a video game for a year and then finish it. <laughs> Listen, whatever works. That's, you're probably finishing more games than, definitely than me in that way because if i put something down there's like a 50 50 on whether i'll ever come back that's fair unless it's like a live game in which case you know hit and run that often but yeah yeah story stuff is like eh, will we come back really not we'll see i mean i think i even did that with death and taxes too oh yeah i think you said that you fell off it and then came back yeah, and I th- I think that was like a, a year ago. <laughs> that's just your MO at that point. <laughs> that's just how you play games. Yeah, that's why I'm excited you asked me to be on, because I'm like, wow, I might actually finish video games in less than two years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll see. Either that or it'll be like, well, I finished another game that I started in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whatever works, you're getting it done. You're 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 seeing them through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on that note, we're gonna probably go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, Emma, do you have anything you would like to share or promote or anything like that? Yeah, I am part of the Moonshot Podcast Network. There's a bunch of shows on the network, but recently I've started hosting one myself on there called Unnatural Selection. Uh, which is about film adaptations of books and the weird decisions Hollywood makes in the process of adapting those books. So if that interests you, uh, I have a different guest on every month. My guest assigns me the homework of what film adaptation we're covering. We read the book, we watch the movie, and we go, why different? Uh, So that's Unnatural Selection. You can find the Twitter for the show at UnselectPod, the X for the show. Stop. Stop. That's not. Yep. <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. And you can find my Twitter where I barely have any social media. So I'm there until it dies. And then I guess you'll find me on the street, I guess. Uh, you can <laughs> <laughs> just catch me in the street. <laughs> yeah. You know, send me a letter. Wave. Smoke signals, Throw a message in a bottle and just throw it into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, it'll come up the harbor eventually. (laughs) Uh, But you can find me on Twitter uh, until it fully collapses at EmmettSCA. That's E-M-A-T-S-C-A. You can find me on Twitter and I guess Blue Sky too, though I like haven't logged in there again since I made it. Uh, at a wolf keeper you can find uppercut on most social media at uppercut crit except on blue sky where we got at uppercut which is pretty good 
this podcast is a product of Uppercut, which you can find at uppercutcrit.com or .gay, whichever you prefer. And this show is run and produced by our Patreon support. Uh, so please go check out patreon.com slash uppercutcrit to check out our different tears and stuff any financial support that y'all throw our way is super appreciated especially since we don't really have like a writing budget this year and also we have some fun new stuff on our patreon so if you want to check that out uh definitely do so and yeah i think that is gonna do it for us this time we will be back with another episode soon it may be emma it may be someone else who knows Bye-bye. It is a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta keep them on their toes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.